What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of Killer Talk with Big Near. This is episode 22. So exciting. But um, for one, I just want to thank y'all for listening to all the other 21 episodes that I have put out. I really appreciate it. I really appreciate watching my views go up every day. Like, we're close to 600. Like, it's freaking exciting. Which I'm sure we'll be at 600 by the time this episode come out. So, we are lit. 22 episodes, 600 views. I think that's good for a newbie. Starting off with only... Um, what do you call it? Only, um, damn y'all, I can't talk. I don't want to say, only promoting. Lord, I couldn't think. Only promoting I'm doing is word of mouth and really Instagram. But word of mouth seems to be the biggest thing. People are telling people who are listening and I appreciate all of you guys. Oh, so much. Also, y'all start giving me some case suggestions because it's getting hard figuring out what type of... It's so many cases and so many that I don't know. So it's like if y'all heard about something, preferably things that I can record on, not something that just happened yesterday because my friends love to do that. Ooh, record on this. It's like it just happened. I can't really say much about that yet. But let me know. DM on Instagram. But today's case is a little different. I know I say that a lot. I do say that a lot. But it is. This one is dealing with a missing person who was found dead. So we haven't had that one yet. So that's a little different. Today's case is the case of Jabez Spain. Jabez Spain was born December 13, 2002. He was so young. He grew up in Saratoga, Florida with his grandmother, but he also kind of lived with his mother, Tawana, in Tampa. They kind of, he went back, back and forth, so they like split custody pretty much type thing. He was like a boy's boy. Like he loves sports. He especially loved football. Like he was awesome in football and it's like, they said he carried the team. Like, wouldn't be no team without Jabez. What you mean? That's like, that's how good he was. He liked to help people and he was very caring, which it sounds like it. He sounds like, like he was so adorable. He was so cute, cute boy. So on November 4, 2017, he, you know, he's a teenager. I think he's like 14. <clears throat> He was at a candlelight memorial for a guy that was killed a week earlier. And then after that, it was said that he went to go play basketball, but he ended up running into his uncle and little cousin. And he talked to them for a minute. And that was around like 5.30ish. And then he said he was going home. But he never made it home. Then on uh, September 5th, he didn't show up to school and that's when everybody started to be like, 
okay, uh, something is up. So his grandmother contacted his mother, and his mother's like, oh, my son is missing? Bet, I'm coming down. Don't worry about it. You know, they're asking around. Nobody's seen anything. Nobody heard anything. So when his mama get down there, she start going around. She ended up running to one of his friends, and it was a friend that he was supposedly supposed to be with on the 4th. So she asked him, like, uh, hey, did you see where he went when he left you? Like, which direction did he walk in? And his friend response, which was a little baffling for me, I didn't have anything to do with what happened to Jabez. And it's like, huh, wait, what do you mean what happened to him? I'm looking for my son, and now you're telling me you didn't have nothing to do with what happened to him. Well, what the fuck happened to him? Because right now, we don't even know if anything happened to him. But now, but now, if I was a mother, I'd be like, okay, something definitely happened to my son. So in response to that, Tawana immediately went to the police department and filed a missing person report. But of course, like most police departments do when a teenager or literally anybody that's not, not trying to be funny, white, they just assume that they ran away. So they're like, he's probably run away and they didn't put out an Amber Alert for a 14-year-old that went missing all his stuff is at home. He has no reason to go missing. He comes from a loving family. He didn't have any troubles, but that wasn't enough for them to think that something could have possibly happened to him. So, of course, what did everyone else do? Friends and family, like, always start doing their own search because the cops are stupid and don't want to help. So then on the 8th, that's when the cops finally decide, okay, we'll put out a missing person alert. But Hurricane Irma came that same day. And, of course, the everything is now focusing on this hurricane that came and hit Florida. That was pretty serious. So all search of him was off because the hurricane was coming, which is even more terrifying for a parent because it's like it's a hurricane coming and my child is missing. Like, where is my son? So after the hurricane was done, that's when the police started their investigation. Mind you, he went missing on the like the fourth for real. And shoot, we're gonna say the hurricane probably they had to wait like two what two, three days after past everything gets settled, then they probably started back up. So they're they're missing some days here. So the they end up doing their investigation. His phone pinged on in the north area of town. And they went over there to do searches, but they didn't find anything. Nobody seen anything. The community was not being helpful because of the area had a lot of gang violence. And you know how that is. Snitches get stitches. Ain't no if they did see something, nobody's trying to say what they saw. Which is very frustrating. Because this is a young boy that went missing. So you would think that people would at least try to say something. He's 14 for crying out loud. It's not like a grown person. This is a 14-year-old that went missing. This is pretty serious. And we done had a hurricane. Like, we really need to find this boy. So on November 29th, the police put out a $6,000 reward. So they're hoping that's going to help. Like, because no one's talking. So, like, we put out some money, somebody will talk. Maybe the local crackhead seen something, want some money, and they'll say something. So the a private investigator came up to Tawana, you know, when she was doing the search and, you know, doing all that they're doing, to help her and pro bono. And they had to say pro bono, he was not charging, he just wanted to help. 
Then the FBI joined in, which is good. And then they added 19000 to the reward. So now the reward is going up. We in $27,000. Like, we lit. So then on October 26th, the FBI and other officers started back looking where his phone was last pinged. Because like I said, no one's saying anything. They can't find nothing. It's literally like this little boy just vanished off the face of the earth. Family found out that some people who was helping searching was some of the ones that the police was listing as potential suspects. Which is like, what the fuck? People that I'm asking to help me search are people that y'all think has something to do with my son disappearing. So, of course, searches became private. They only do ones with, like, just family and the cops. We can't have outsiders because they could be leading us away from where the boy body is or finding out stuff and telling people who has something to do with it and they're covering their tracks. We don't need that. So... When the searches became private, a man named Reggie Parker told the private investigator and the police that Jabez is linked to the man who was killed at the uh, candlelight vigil. Apparently, the guy was killed in a robbery a block from where Jabez lived, and Jabez seen it, but he never said anything. And then Reggie reported that he saw Jabez with two others coming out the resident during the incident, and he heard a gunshot, and then Jabez yelled, oh my God, y'all shot him. So, Reggie's coming in now. We're in October. Now you want to come in, but whatever. He coming in now saying that, yeah, and this is pretty, like, this is pretty big information that he should have been said. Like, why are you holding on to something this, this big? So apparently the people he was with killed the guy and he's seen it. So maybe they had to kill him to shut him up. And his mother is like one of the suspects that possibly had killed the guy from the visual who could have possibly hurt Jabez is friends with Jabez's older brother. So that makes it easier for them to kill him because he they could have got walked up to him like, yo, I'm gonna give you a ride home. And that's his friend. His older brother friend. So, of course, he's like, oh, yeah, this is like, bro, it's like fam. Hmm. So, the police bring in Reggie so they can have a formal talk with him and bring in Jabez's family so they can talk to him. But then, I don't know who got the Reggie. But Reggie, like, he ain't say nothing. He don't know what they talking about. The people that's at the Jabez is dangerous. He, mm-mm. Reggie said he don't know. Sorry. I don't know what I don't I don't think I think I was high that day. Who knows? I don't know what I said. Which is like what the fuck? Like which I get it. Like I get it. It can be scary, but like write a note. Like write an anonymous letter or something. Like you can leave tips anonymously. Like I don't know if people know this, but you can leave tips anonymously. You do not have to tell them who you are. So in November. A well-known Pastor Lipkin in the area was rumored to have known something about Jabez's case, but when police go to talk to him, he won't cooperate. Like he, they go try to talk to him because they heard that he knows something, but he's hush lip. The pastor, hush lip, not saying nothing. Then they get a letter. The police get a letter from his lawyer saying he cannot participate due to pastoral privilege. Which I guess they got privileged, just like lawyers got privileged, just like therapies. Therapists got privileges. I guess pastors do too. 
And y'all know who his who the pastor lawyer was? The city mayor. So the city mayor is the pastor's lawyer who is saying that the client is a lady, saying that her client cannot participate because I guess whatever he know, maybe the killer told him. I'm not too sure. But this is fucking bullshit. This is straight up bullshit. So then later in November, police confirmed the document showing that um, Jabez was listed as a witness to the murder of the 30-year-old Travis Combs. That's the guy that was killed at the vigil on August 29th. Combs was found with one one gunshot wound to the upper torso in a grassy area near uh, 22nd Street and North Orange Avenue. Another witness later charged as an accessory at the effect alleged that he saw Javaz walking out the house nearby as the shooting happened. So somebody that's listed as an accessory saying that they saw Javaz leave, which means they know Javaz seen them shoot the guy. So now, now we're getting a little more. Like at least we know that this really must have something to do with the guy, with Travis, the guy that was killed, who candlelight he attended. So this really, like this really must be true. This is the second time we're hearing this. So then in December, a reward goes up for fifty thousand dollars. Like they're really trying to get some answers here. Mind you, the boy been missing for like three months. Like this is serious. And then a year later, the private investigators started talking to a psychic. You know, they do bring that in when cases get cold. They do bring in psychics to help them. So the psychic asked Jabez to give him something where they can start from, you know, to figure out where he is. And then the first thing the psychic sees is a Chevron gas station, which is only two left in Monte County, Mante County. They looked around the area. But they didn't find anything. Like, it was even some little dirt path over there. Like, they went over there. They they didn't see anything. Then on February 16, 2019, a man found a skeletal a skeleton remain around the same area where the psychic told the family to look. So, police go out there, of course, on August, I mean, on February 18th, the police confirmed to the family that that was Jabez, and he had like a rope around his neck. It it was it was weird. His skeletal remain was like on this, like on a fence. It 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 was it was weird. The family said four months later they got his remains back in a shoebox, y'all, and all it was was bones. This poor family. Had to first, no, not not saying forget the family, but really Tawana, the mother, had to get her baby boy back in a shoebox. Like she couldn't even give him a proper burial, cause she just had a shoebox of bones. Like that's it. That's all. Like that is crazy. Like oh my good, I cannot imagine. Like. Because you want to be able to, bad enough that your loved one dies. But you want to be able to bury them, give them the proper burial. You want to, you want them to still somewhat look like themselves when you're burying them. You, no one wants to bury people with the heads missing, stuff missing, face beat in. You don't want to see your family like that. And you damn sure don't want to see just bones of them. Oh my God. 
So Tawana decided that she's going to post the picture of Jabez Remains alongside a picture of Emmett Till. And it says something like, no parents should have to deal with this. And she decided to do this because no member Emmett Till mom did the same thing when she didn't post a picture, but she had an open casket at his funeral. She wanted everyone to see what they did to her son. And we all know that Emmett Till was, that still, that picture of his face still scares me because no child, nobody should be beat like that, honestly. Like, it didn't even, oh my goodness. Okay. Whew. Which I know was, was, oh Jesus, I couldn't imagine getting on Facebook seeing somebody posting that. Oh God, that's terrible. So Jabez was laid to rest on March 2nd, 2019, and more than 100 people turned out to remember him. Which is fucking awesome. Like, that is so beautiful. I wish it was like a thousand. Everyone, freaking everyone in Saratoga should have came out. Shoot, 14-year-old go missing. But the case is still open. They are still trying to investigate it. They are still trying to figure out what happened to him. They still don't have anything besides what I told y'all, which is it has something to do with Travis, who was killed, who memorial, candlelight visual, Jabez went to on the fourth before the day before he went missing. Like that's that's all they they don't have nothing else. They found him, which is good that they which is not good because he died, but it's good that they found him and they was able to lay him to rest and not the way she would like to, but you know. But it sucks because he's his case is still open. They still have no idea who did this to him. And I hate that this is all I have to give y'all. But that's literally it. But for anyone listening that lives in Florida or know people in Florida, if you have information, you can leave it anonymously. Anonymously, Lord. Anonymously. Y'all, I cannot talk. If you have any information, you can leave it anonymously at Crime Stoppers. And the number is 941-336-8477. And I would definitely put that in the description notes. But y'all, this case is like, this is definitely going to be a mini case because it's not that long, like, we got through it for this is uh I hate covering unsolved cases for one because me being a true crime junkie off real, I just love to know who did it and why. Like I hate when I listen to cases and they do not know who did it, especially when it's years and years later. Like that should be blowing me. Like Lucky, like y'all literally got away with murder. Like they don't have anything to figure out who. Y'all are because people are not talking or they literally have no evidence. Like, it's crazy. But those are the cases I hate. But when I seen this on Stella Mystery on ID, I was just like, I never heard of this. And then it was sad because he was 14 and he just vanished. And then two years later, he's found on a fence with a rope around his neck. Like, and he wasn't there. That's not where he was killed at. They definitely could tell that that's not where he was killed at. He was brought there. He was held somewhere else. But he was brought there. He was probably, I also forgot to tell y'all, they said he was probably killed the same day they got him. Which is, I can only imagine this boy, like how scared he was, especially if it was his brother friend and he realized that he was about to kill him. I can only imagine how freaking terrified he was because I would be scared. I would be so freaking scared. This is, he's 14, y'all, for crying out loud. We have to stop killing kids. Like, this shit's getting crazy. Like, 
all these murders and stuff. And then I heard a thing about the cartel, which is so off subject. But this stuff with the Mexican cartel, count count Janier out of going to Mexico. You can count me completely out. I do want to go to uh, Cabo, uh, Tulum. You cancel all that. You won't catch me in Mexico. Not at all. I, I don't have time. It's getting crazy out here. In this case, having back in 20, what, 17? Yes, 2017. And we are in 2023. And I looked it up before to see if there's any new information for our recorded. Nothing. They still haven't found anything. And this boy was buried in 2019. And we still don't have nothing. It's like, what, four years? And we still don't have nothing like that. Well, more than that for the parents. It's been like six years for them, which is terrible. But that's all I have on this case. This is a little mini episode today. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed it. Well, I can't even say enjoyed it, but I hope you guys like the case. It's 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 sad. I, covering unsolved cases suck, but unsolved cases dealing with kids that sucks even worse. But thank y'all for listening. As always, follow the Instagram page Killer Talk with BN. If you want to be a host, I'm mean, not a host. If you want to be a guest, DM me. If you have my number, you can text me. But DM me. Um, case suggestions. DM it. Pictures of the people who I'll be talking about is always on the Instagram. So if you want to see their faces, go to the Instagram. Like, comment, share, you know. But I have to go to Jersey. Well, New York. I thought I was going to Jersey now, but I'm going to New York. I have to drive to New York tomorrow. So let me get the pack in. So you guys have a beautiful, safe week. I will see y'all next time I record. Bye, guys. Good call.